Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you want more resources similar to this, follow our LinkedIn company page. Just search for Inflection Point Hub on LinkedIn and follow us there. Well, Jeff. Hey, Rhonda. I our energy has kicked in. Yes, it has. I was just making faces at Rhonda as it was counting down like I usually do every week. And this yeah. week, I think it hit one before I stopped making faces. Yeah, well, here we are. So, and speaking of um, trusting your team to do the work, so sometimes I have to trust, you know, being that we are a team when we do this, I have to trust you to do your part of the bargain in the whole thing, which of course, one of those parts is trying to make me laugh when we come on the live stream, because that's part of our inflection point moments. It is it's become kind of just a routine every week that I think I got you once with it. And now it's like every week I try and up, up the ante. I did the, the kids with like the FaceTime young kids with, you know, up the nose as they're talking to you is what I tried to do, but. I saw that. And did you notice I closed my eyes? Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah, Cause I'm not stupid. I knew what would happen if I kept looking. That was just, never mind. Anyway. So. Yeah, this is our last live stream talking about emotional intelligence. We've been on this topic for a while. We have. There's a lot. It's a big topic. It is a very big topic. Um, I didn't know there were so many subtopics until we started going through this and really, you know, almost peeling the onion on, on what the big topic is, and then all these different things that support emotional intelligence. Yeah, that's, that is so very true. And so the, during the month of August, we've been talking about relationship management and how important emotional intelligence is in your relationships with the members of your team, with your vendors, with your customers. I mean, everybody that you interact with, but especially today, we're um, focusing on your team. And as we get started, one of the things that I want to say about the concept of a team is just because you are a small business owner, a micro business owner, or a solopreneur does not mean you don't have a team because realistically, there is no one who is doing this all by themselves. There are other people that are helping you move your business forward. Yeah. I think that's a good a good expanded definition of a team. It just doesn't mean that they're a W2 employee that works for your company. There's a lot more to that than than just that distinction that most people probably go to. Exactly. So, I think about my team I mean, even though we are not in the same company, I think you of you and me as members of the same team, I have my um, virtual assistant team. I could not function without them. That is for sure. I have my webmaster person. I have my copywriter person. Um, and I could not function with any, without any of those people. That is just completely unrealistic. So... And that's just the top line people. There are others that I'm not 
that are not like the top of the list, but I still work with them. I mean, I have my coach, um, who is a critical member of my team, keeps me on the straight and narrow. Somebody has to. Um, That's going to be a full-time job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Again, the five-hour energy has definitely kicked in. Yep, that it is. <laughs> so, and I know your team looks a little different than my team does, but you also have a team. Yeah. That you work with in your business. So, Thinking about who your team is, is important. Recognizing what they bring to the table and making sure that they have what they need to do what they are doing in your business. Yeah, that's a huge, and I love the topic of this, of trust your team to do the work. Because I think so many people, they start out where they might not have that large of a team or support network helping them run kind of the day to day. Right. Anyone just starting out, you might not have an admin team. You might not have people doing the work. You might not have a webmaster or they might be a one-time project and paying you to get this set up. And then I don't need someone to maintain it right now because of where I'm at. And I think one of the challenges oftentimes people run into is if you're used to being the doer and you are now relinquishing control, it can be a tough thing to do. True. That comes across from, you know, the team could be that you don't trust me for the things that you hired my expertise for. Oh, my goodness. So very true. And that's one of the things that's so important when you are getting yourself set up and when you're bringing new team members on, especially in the early process of bringing on team members, because, you know, once you've got three or four team members and you've brought them on successfully, successfully is the key word there, um, as opposed to bringing them on and paying them, but not giving them the freedom and the authority to do their job that makes all the difference in the world. And that has to do with the concept of relationship management, the domain with the competencies within it of influence, mentoring and coaching, conflict management, teamwork. Oh, what? You mean like we have to work together and inspirational leadership. Notice it isn't inspirational doing, it's inspirational leadership, helping them be equipped and empowered to do what you hired them to do. Yeah. Yep. As a very important distinction there between those two, those two concepts. And, you know, I think the other thing is it, it can be hard to let some of that stuff go as a business owner, if you're used to doing it on your own Mm -hmm. and others. And, you know, the one thing that I've, you know, that helps sometimes I think make that transition is to trust, but still verify, you know, so for example, um, we've got a client that outsourced their bookkeeping, which is a a typical thing that a lot of people do. They're not accountants. I, I have done that. Right. Yeah. But while you hire an expert to do that, 
you still need to have some awareness of your books to know totally. if that service is being performed or not, you know, and, and that's just one example, but, you know, I've seen clients that have blindly trusted people for services and, and we'll just use the bookkeeping as an example. And then you start asking questions and they, you know, the business owner doesn't even know their own financials or statements. And then you get into it and find that, Hmm, wow, there's some gaps here. You probably ought to talk to them about that yeah. these things look unusual, you know, and it's not that you shouldn't trust, but, you know, there should be at least an understanding of what good should look like with the services that you're getting and are yeah. you getting those? Yeah, exactly. What, what are the expectations? And that, that, um, is part of the process that I met, kind of mentioned in passing earlier when I was talking about um, bringing new people into your team and th the fact that you can't just bring somebody on your team and say, hey, I, you know, no, like I'm going to start paying you now. Please fill out your W-4 and, so that we can get you on the payroll and blah, 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 and not sit down with them Actually, you need to even start this process before you bring the person on. Yeah. What do you expect this person to do? How is that person going to interact with you and or other people on your team? What is this going to look like? Who's responsible for what? And clear communication as you start the process is the only way that you're going to be able to effectively hand things off to that person and then um, work together in a way that both you and the person that's on your team are able to connect and, and work well together. Yeah. There will be tons of conflict if you're not able to do that. No, not to mention the fact that not letting things go will not allow you to really reap the benefits of what this person can bring yeah. or free you up to do what you really need to be doing instead. Yeah. yeah. It goes back. It ties a lot of the things that we've talked about in previous live streams about, you know, where, where's your genius at? What are you good at? What are you uniquely qualified to do that no one else on your team can do? And exactly. so you know, is it $1,000 an hour work or $10 an hour work? And how do you start to prioritize where you spend your, where you spend your time? And one of those ways, obviously, is getting a team together, whether they're full-time employees or, you know, vendors that you're using to complete certain things that, so that you don't have to spend your time on and they're expert in that and enjoy it. And, you know, you don't have to do that, but that, that trust component, I think, is really key. And I think some of that trust starts with just the expectations management. Here's what I'm expecting and giving the other person the freedom to deliver on that, on how it makes sense for them and look to the outcome that you're asking for, not how did you get to that outcome? You know, what might be easy for me to, to get to this particular outcome might look different for you. But if, 
if I'm getting the outcome that I need from it, what does it matter that Rhonda took a slightly different detour to get there if the outcome is still meeting the expectation? Exactly. As long as, and you know, this, I'm going like really off the deep end on this one, but there could be um, compliance issues, but hopefully the person that you're hiring understands whatever kind of compliance needs. I mean, you've, you've worked in businesses where compliance was critical as have I. And so under those circumstances, there's no messing around. It has to be done in the compliance um, boundaries. But within that, where are the places where, and the, and the person that you're hiring may know more about those compliance boundaries than you do. Yeah. Actually, in a lot of situations, they do. That's why you're hiring a subject matter expert in whatever area that is. Because I, I know this is really surprising, but none of us are subject matter experts in everything. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. Right? Like, who, who knew? Yeah. What are you talking about? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when you have a team member and, you know, you're trying to push a rope uphill. <laughs> and the team member, you know, one person says that you can't do it, and the other one says all you need is to put the rope in a wheelbarrow, and you can do it. You know, just different approach where pushing the rope up the hill without the wheelbarrow could be done. It's just really difficult. But if you put it in the wheelbarrow, it it goes up the hill pretty easily. Yeah, I would argue that pushing the wheelbarrow, sorry, pushing the rope up the hill is unnecessary. Why are you trying to do that? Yeah. Don't do that. Go get the person who knows how to put it in the wheelbarrow and move on. And this for you those of you just have to bring that back, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> joining us. This was probably what last year, I think, was an analogy. Early. 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 Yeah. And, uh, you know, is sharing with everyone that you can't push a rope uphill. And I was like, yes, you can. And she, I think, was so caught off guard based on her, like, no, you can't. And I was like, hey, you put it in a wheelbarrow and then you push the wheelbarrow up the hill. There's always one in the group. Apparently that day you'd gotten a five-hour energy before you got on the call too. <laughs> yeah, that very well could be. I, I just want five-hour energy to know that they owe us money for all the mentions for giving <laughs> How much was it? I don't know. Uh, darn good question. But um, I... I Recently, I was in a conversation with someone around a new hire that had been brought on in, a, in an organization. And this new hire had said they, they had turned down the job earlier on. Okay. And the reason they turned down the job is because the... the um, expectations of the role were not clearly defined. We, there was, there was a, you know, an outcome that was um, laid out, but how the role got to that outcome was being left up to the person that was hired for the role. Now, personally, bring it. That's the kind of role I want. Don't tell me how to do it. Tell me what you want. And I will bring my creative thought process to it and work with you. I'm not going to do it without 
engaging with you, but, and I'll work with you to figure out how we create what it is that, that the outcome is supposed to be, how we together do that. But the person who, um, they wanted to hire in this role, that's not what they were looking for. They needed much more structure before they could even remotely think about taking that job. So someone else had the job for a period of time and then they left the role. Okay. The same person is now in the role, but there's much more structure. There's much more understanding of how we do it as opposed to here's how, here's what we need. Let's figure out together how to go there. And I think this is an important kind of distinction because trusting the team, you've also got to match people's personalities on the way that they work and their needs. Absolutely. Some people have, and they crave that level of structure in a role. Mm -hmm. Here's the steps that I'm going to take and the predictability about how I'm going to get this work done and achieve this goal while others are kind of more I'll call it the blue ocean. Like, I, give me the direction that you want to go, and I can figure out how to do this. And I might shift and shape and change multiple times the approach until I figure out what's going to work. You know, I think those are two different types of of people. Yeah, you know, trust looks like you know it's a two way street. That person, I'm guessing, you know, wanted more of that structure, and it seems too totally. me that I can't. You know, I couldn't be successful in that role for this reason right now, but someone that maybe had the right skill set at the time for kind of blue ocean, got some things set up and established, it's more comfortable for this person to step in yeah. and figure out how to improve upon something that's there versus creating from scratch. I mean, it, it's almost like developing anything, a PowerPoint, any of that stuff. It, it's I find it more difficult to start from completely nothing with no idea. But if someone gives me something to respond to, it's a heck of a lot easier for me. Oh, yeah. Around and okay, this is what I want it to look like. Um, but it's that initial getting started, you know, and some people just really struggle with with that getting started. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we're talking about here. And knowing which kind of person you need in the role is important when you're in the hiring process. Yes. So when we think when we think about trusting your team to do the work, we need to start with who's on your team? Who do you who do you want on your team? Who do you need on your team? Maybe that's in the opposite order. Who do you need on your team? Who do you want on your team? And then what are those qualifications as you've said? But once you um, recognize that, then allowing them to have the autonomy and mastery and purpose, this is a Daniel Pink thing. He wrote a book called Drive. Um, And so I'm kind of taking what the competencies are in in the relationship management of emotional intelligence, but also integrating it, integrating with it, that the book called Drive by Daniel Pink really works well in this because he's talking about intrinsic motivation. 
And I love this because he has this definition of intrinsic motivation, which I've talked about a lot over time, but I just found this and I'm like, dang, this is good. This is, this is the gem. This is the gem right here. Intrinsic motivation is the joy of the task itself. So the person who loves being able to, um, um, the person who does my copywriting is a great example of this. She loves writing. She loves creating content. She loves learning. And then sharing that learning through her writing with other people in a way that draws them in and causes them to take action. Well, putting that person on my team, the person who has that intrinsic motivation around writing is fabulous because that's something I don't have. I can write, but I'd much rather communicate by speaking. Yeah. We, we have established that fact in spades. So finding that person and then giving them the autonomy to do what they do best within the framework of where you're going, having them understand the purpose, the service of something bigger than yourself of what you're doing, and then getting better as you go along, creating mastery in it. Who, who doesn't want to be part of that regardless of the job you're doing or the role you're in, but to find those places where you're intrinsically motivated because you're enjoying the task itself. I mean, that's fabulous. It's a great, you know, way of when you talk about aligning your skills, interests, like when you get to that and you can continue to develop to get to that mastery, you know, it can be super impactful. Yeah. And so that's another way of saying working in your energizers because you are energized by the joy of the task itself. That is the ultimate intrinsic motivation to do that. So if you have people on your team that are in the right space, they're on the right seat in the bus using the Jim Collins expression. Um, I'm just using all the, you know, the writers for this world, Daniel Pink and Jim Collins and whatever, Daniel Coleman, which is emotional intelligence. Who is emotional intelligence? Um, Once you have those people in the right seats on the bus and you're leading them through using influence, not beating them over the head, you know, you're not domineering, you're influencing them. You're coaching and mentoring them to help them move forward toward mastery. You're giving them the space and the encouragement to do that. You're working through conflict management on the team because you know, if we have more than one person, there's going to be disagreements on perspective because we see things from a different angle. None of those things are bad. We just see from a different angle and we have to figure out how to work together. And then out of that comes teamwork and being an inspirational leader brings all those people together to move toward, move forward toward the goal. Easy for me to say. So how have you seen that in your, in your um, work that you do, Jeff? Put you on the spot. Yeah, I think one of these, it 
reminds me of a conversation I had just a few weeks ago with, with an owner that had outsourced a number of things. Mm-hmm. So they have a team, but they outsource certain things external. And we started having a conversation about some of these functions that are outsourced probably should be done internally now that there's an internal team, right? Like it, it doesn't make, you know, when we're looking at kind of cost versus benefit out outsourced versus in-house, there's capacity in-house to do it. You know, it comes at a savings. There's no real strategic advantage for having this partner do stuff when you've got people on the team internal now that are capable and able to do the work. Mm-hmm. And what was fascinating was what had come out really boiled down to expectations. Oh. Which was kind of along the lines of, well, with this vendor, I know it's going to get done. I'm not sure if it gets done internally or not. So when we started kind of peeling a little bit. That was really a fascinating response. Um, well, what does this mean exactly? Yeah. You know, what I boiled it down to is I don't know that I would label it distrust with the internal team. I think uh-huh. what it was was expectations. Maybe this has been tried before and expectations on the outcomes were not clear. Oh, what okay. Expectation was mm-hmm. for some of these things differently. Yeah. Therefore, they didn't get done timely. But paying this outside vendor for this particular thing, it got done, you know, on a regular basis. And Hello. Evidence <laughs> it got done. Yeah, exactly. It's something you'd have to remember. Oh, I got to ask Rhonda if she's done this because I haven't heard anything about it. You know, and then you kind of you don't ask and you think that's being done, but it's not being done, or there was a misunderstanding on what was supposed to be occurring. You know, so I think that that's, that's something that I've seen come up uh, more times than not. Mm-hmm. There's this view of paying an outside vendor. I know that they're getting this done because there's these controls and things just built in, but we've hired enough right, where we can take this internally, but we don't have the same things in place. And I really think that comes down to expectations management that, hey, this is part of your role now. This is what that means. Here's what we're looking for for the outcome to look like. Here's this vendor and how they've done it. You know, so there's a roadmap, maybe if someone's not comfortable, we want you to own this and make it your own. And here's the parameters that we want, you know, things that we want to have done on a monthly, weekly basis. Can you help us figure out how to optimize this and, and do it internally? So I have a question about that. Because as I'm listening to you talk about it, what comes to me is what's their culture? Is Has their culture up to this point been, um, I will support, I will, we will support you in trying this new thing and moving through the learning process because it's not going to be, you know, smooth and, and clean immediately. It's, yeah. There's going to be a process that takes a little time to figure out how we're going to do this internally and 
and there's there's learning curve is the word that is describes it. There is a learning curve and the external vendor most likely has already been through the learning curve on a couple of at least a couple other clients before coming to the client that you're talking to. So the learning curve, they haven't seen it. They haven't experienced it. There was, you know, that just did, wasn't part of the process for them. Yeah. So how can you, and if you have had in the past situations where, you know, you were talking about expectations. If you've had in the past situations where the, the um, people on the team have tried something new and it hasn't gone smoothly and the response was not, okay, how are we going to work this out together? Then you've got a whole new mountain to climb. Speaking of pushing the rope uphill in a wheelbarrow, you bet you best get you a new wheelbarrow to yeah. take that up the hill. All wheel drive tractor, the pole yeah. rope. Yeah, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. But that is, you know, I think that's that's one of those things when we keep going back to expectations. I think that's what starts to build oh. trust is to have clear expectations that both parties have a good and clear understanding of what what success looks like and yes. how we living into this. You know, either we are or we aren't, and not everything's black and white either, right? Yeah. But giving people the space to make those errors, to miss some things. You know, the, the majority of businesses, none of the stuff that we're talking about is bet the company, you know, life or death type stuff. It can feel like it in the moment, but if you really go back, I mean, what's the worst that can happen on some of these things? Right? You yeah. might lose some, a couple customers. Um, well, that might be kind of, that'd be a tough thing to swallow, but are you going to lose your business because of it? Exactly. And some of this, you know, I think building that trust is you've got to let people also skim their knees and get back up. Just like when kids learn to ride bikes. Yes. You try and put a bubble around people and, and protect them from on your team from falling and skinning their knees, you know, so to speak, like they're never really learning. You know, if you're always there to catch them every time and tell them, no, no, don't do, don't do this, do this. You know, and if you're constantly catching the bike and there is a place for that. I mean, if there's something big where you're going to lose a lot of clients, yeah, you should be there to catch that. But some of these, you know, smaller type, lower risk, you know. And start with the, start with the lower risk things. Yeah. And if you have a couple trusted um, customers that you can go to and say, Hey, we're trying something new, you know, give us some grace on it, but we really want to work through this. Can you be a trusted partner in this transition process? Yeah. The other thing is to, in the process of bringing that in house, are you equipping and are you training your person that you're asking to do this? Are you giving, they may or may not have the skills to do this. Are you giving them what they need to do the job? Yeah. Cause that's only fair. Correct. And it's matching, you know, do they, do they get it? What you're asking them to do? Do they want to do it? Yeah. 
and the final thing is, do they have the capacity to do what you're asking? Yeah. Wait you a minute. Know. I mean, do, do they want to do it? Like, is there intrinsic motivation? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Right. Like, is that, is that there? And yeah. if it's not, or any of three of those things don't exist. Right. Probably not the right person for what you're at. You know, there's some of this you can train to a degree, but if you just don't get it, sometimes you either get it or, or you don't get it. There, It's hard right. to train that, right? If you don't, yeah. you know, like service, you know, providing good service, it's kind of like you either have that motivation to do it and you, and you can take customer service classes and all that, but it's kind of comes down to, do you have the capability and, and do you get it or not? You mean, are you Eeyore or are you Tigger? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you either one or the other. Because you know? if you're Eeyore, that's customer service is not a good role for you. No. No, <laughs> no not at all. And I'm sure we've all experienced that where, yeah. you know, I, I, not to pick on, but, you know, certain state agencies that, you know, you have to review, renew things with your picture. It's very stereotypical, but you know, oftentimes um, my experience has been is that the people behind the counter are never very nice. They hate their jobs. I mean, that's like a parent, right? Um, and I, this, yes, this yeah. Is and I did tell someone once that, oh, it looks like you graduated with flying colors from the state's nastiness customer service training. <laughs> and I, it took her back. I'm like, I bet you got a goal, an A, a plus and a gold star in that. <laughs> And it kind of took her back and it was like, yeah, I don't know why you're being so nasty about that. Like I came here to get a service. I need some help and you're just not being very helpful. Well, apparently you were being like, you were asking a question and that is not her reason for being in her role. Yeah. It's probably a paycheck. Well, I, I said that too. It, in other words, you pretty much said it all. Okay. Exactly. There you go. But and, and, you know, that's really unfortunate when someone is stuck in a place like that because they don't see that there's another alternative. Yeah. I mean, there, there are philosophical reasons, things around this that we could get into that we could go for another two and a half hours on that whole thing. But we're not going to do that today because people, you know, like they got other things to do with their time. Yes. But, um, as do we. Um, but yeah, that's that's really true and and as the leader it is our responsibility to make sure when we're looking for who is it that should be doing this task that we're matching what we know of the person's not only skill set but intrinsic motivation yeah to what it is we're asking them to do that's part of the whole coaching and mentoring and influence and teamwork and inspirational leadership. I don't care how inspirational you are. You are not going to get me to be excited about being a CPA. I respect and honor CPAs. They do an amazing job, but that's not what I am gifted to do. And you don't want me to do that. It will make us both miserable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Always great, great discussion when we have these. It's hard to believe we're 35 minutes in now. Already. I know. 
I, uh, I do think this was really good discussion. We, we got a, we covered a lot of ground about trusting your team to do the work. And it is so important. That is such an important skill for a leader to develop, to allow the team to do the work. So one thing I want to share with people before we leave today, Jeff, is that next week, Monday is Labor Day. So we will not be with you because we will not be laboring on Labor Day. No, no. We're going to be celebrating. Yeah, I'm going to be celebrating by putting my feet up after the reunion. (laughs) Yeah, I know you've got a lot of people coming to your house. I do. I do. This is true. But we will be returning on September 11th. What? I mean, ironic that that is the next day we're going to be with you, but Returning on September 11th, and in the month of September, we're going to talk about the visionary and the integrator, i.e. Jeff and me. Yeah. Integrator, visionary. Yeah. Good discussion about how those two work together. Yes. You know, to do really great things. Absolutely. So, Jeff, have a great week. Have Actually, have a great two weeks. And I'll see you in two weeks on Monday. Yeah, sounds good. And we'll be back at the regular time of 2019. Absolutely. You better believe it. Okay. Talk soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you want more resources similar to this, follow our LinkedIn company page. Just search for Inflection Point Hub on LinkedIn and follow us there.